I was at a uh, a Packer game mm. um, a few years ago where our quarterback then was... <laughs> he who shall not be named. Who shall not be named. He's gone. Um, but he was like on the brink of the record for most touchdowns oh, by a quarterback. Yeah. They were playing the Bears. And all of a sudden, they started cheap-shotting him. Score was clearly decided. The, the game yeah, was yeah. clearly decided. Yes. And they started cheap-shotting him. Not because they thought they could win that way. The game yeah, was decided. Yeah, but yeah. because they were going to take out as many players. Hmm. If I'm going to yeah. lose, you're going to lose. Yeah. And I feel like that's what the enemy is up to now. Welcome to this week's episode of The Follow-Up, where we recap this week's sermon so you can grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus. I'm here with Pastor Jack and Pastor Ryan. Welcome, guys. Hey, hey. Hello. Today we're going to be discussing Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 10, and then next week we'll be wrapping up with chapter 20. We've got some questions. Are you guys ready to go? You bet. Yeah. Okay. What aspects of Revelation 20, 1 through 10 challenged or intrigued you the most? Mm. I think the most difficult part of this section for me was kind of grappling with the various interpretations that people have had over um, centuries of interpreting Revelation. And that's true throughout the book of Revelation, but especially chapter 20 has caused so much um, division and debate amongst Christians that I think trying to handle um, being respectful to, you know, various um, positions and people who hold those different positions, um, yet at the same time thinking at the end of the day, like, well, this is God's word to give to God's people. So like what can be helpful yeah. um, and, and illuminating, you know, for, for um, our church. So th that was really challenging for me. And I think we tried to say this from the beginning, like this is the tension throughout the book, but yeah. you're right. Especially once you start getting, using words like thousand years, yeah, yeah. thousand year reign, th you know, yeah, yeah. what does this look like? For me, what I, what was like just brought to life was this picture of the chasm. Mm. And when you take this picture of the chasm and where, the devil's locked away and the beast and his in his witness and you go back and like not even the demons wanted to be there when jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. uh does the exorcism where the, the the demons are like like don't send us there like send us into the pigs instead. right 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 so i like this this is a horrendous place yeah yeah if something is hellacious we're talking about the chasm you know yeah, this is yeah. like not something you want to mess with so it, it, it's more than just being put in a prison cell this is something hideous that he's being put into for yeah. his or his judgment and, um, you know, his trial. Yeah. And, and there isn't a ton in scripture about the unseen realm about right, demons right. and Satan. So what we do get when we get these little pictures, like it's kind of uh, it's tantalizing, like, yes. you know, that, that line that the demons say to Jesus, don't you, don't send us into the abyss. You're like, wait, could you, could you say more about yeah, that? Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of want to know like, why? what is that? And yeah. why is it there? And how long has it been there? So yeah, super intriguing. A lot of puzzles like that. So you got the glorious, like when we get, John gives us sneak peeks into, into heaven. Yeah. 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 You got the elated glorious or you've got the hideous yes, yes i mean it is it it's not like i might go to heaven i might go to hell no this is this is the difference between eternal life at its peak yeah or eternity at its worst so yes. yeah it's you're right it's, yeah. it's a cool picture of both yeah yeah next question how does the imagery in this passage shape our understanding of god's ultimate victory hmm yeah yeah go? i i think there's no, I, I, I tried to use the term, you know, we get this picture of a yin and a yang, like there are such equal powers sure, and sure. one's good 50% and bad 50%. This is a hundred and zero. Yeah. Like God is in ultimate authority and everything, even in revelation, even what the devil is allowed to do mm -hmm. is script. I mean, it is by God's script yeah. it is understood. Yeah. So when we get the understanding of God's ultimate authority in, in this, it is like, no, it, it, there's, there's no question as to it. Yeah. Uh, I, 
the part of me is like, well, then why does God allow? And then why does God have scripted? Yeah. It's almost like looking at a movie script and going, we'll find out at the end of the movie. Right. So right. there's there's a little bit of that still in play. But in, in the picture of God's authority, it just shows his his ultimate power and authority. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was going to say with the key, even I noticed, you know, like it's not as if, um you know, God has to wage this war against yeah. Satan. He just sends an angel to lock up, uh, yep. the, the, yep. <laughs> you know, it's like some, you know, uh, you know, minor angel goes and uh, locks up Satan kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, at the end, there's this, you know, depiction of like kind of a battle, right? Yeah. All the nations gather against God's people. And yet there is no fight. Like it just, God just consumes him with the breath of his his mouth, you know, with fire, sorry, that comes down. So, um, absolutely demonstration that like, there's no contest. You well, know? and to your point, we know when it's Gabriel, we know when it's Michael. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's just an angel. angel. Yeah. <laughs> Larry, what do you, exactly. <laughs> or what's the angel in uh, a wonderful life? Uh, what's his uh, name? Yeah. Oh, I can't I, remember his I, name. I can uh, him, anyway. Yeah. He gets sent, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Next it's going to come to me in like two minutes. Uh, I know you know what I mean? Uh, next question. In what ways does revelation, this passage in revelation impact our perspective on justice and judgment? Mm. I know Jack, you were really, yeah, to go through I, there. I think it's a good picture and a reminder hmm. that it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. We are, we're not seeing the full picture of justice and judgment yet. Right. We haven't gotten to that part of the story. We're not in that chapter of, the, of life. If, if we were to start talking about this in earlier middle sections of revelation, mm. we could ask that same question. Like, wait, mm -hmm. where's God's justice for yeah, his right. people? Where's God's intervention for his people who are, who are fighting and having to stand their ground and being persecuted. And, yeah. and it's easy to look at it. And it's easy for us to look at it today and go, yeah. you know, where's God's justice in this we, being in, in black history month. I mean, there are a lot of people who, who could ask where was God's justice in slavery Absolutely. and an abuse and, and neglect and an ownership of people. Mm -hmm. And there are some things where we've, we've taken ground, we've made forward motion, but when we look at humanity as mm -hmm. a whole, it doesn't come to its culmination until the end. And we see that in 20. Yeah. And I think the reversal of the, the, the martyrs, you know, like these would be people that would have been, you know, like tortured and yeah. killed. And, and we see that around the world today. Certainly yeah. they saw that in the first century that these are folks who, you know, would have every reason to think there is no justice. Like God is unjust. He's letting this play out. Yep. And yet those are the ones, the ones who were, you know, beheaded. Those are the ones who are reigning, like they're seated on thrones. So it's like the ones who seem like they were crushed. They were the losers. They were, yeah. there was no justice for them. Ultimately they're the ones who are reigning and they're victorious. And so, yeah, it's a, this total reversal um, of uh, God's ultimate justice. He will see that there's no um, there's no injustice that goes un you know punished. Um, all will be made right in the end, and um, there's that anticipation of that. You know, so that's cool. Exciting. They become the judges. Yeah, You're that's right. right. The that's ones right. who had injustice become the judges. Right. So that's yeah. cool. Question number four: What practical implications does this passage hold for our daily lives and our role in God's kingdom? Yeah, I think one of the things that you brought out really strongly, Jack, is um, the identity of the people of God as um, priests, you know, a kingdom of priests and servants of God. You know that there is this job of the believer to be um, the mediator between people who don't yet know God and introducing them to God. Now, Jesus is our great high priest, so we're, we're not like a go-between. People don't have to go through us to get Correct. to God, um, but we have been given this incredible task of being the way that um, people get introduced to God, you know, mediating um, that. And so um, what a, what an amazing, you know, privilege. And that is something we take um, into our everyday life. Okay, God, um, who might you want to introduce to yourself through me today? Um, I think the other piece that I've been kind of stewing on is 
this vocation of reigning um, that like there's depicted, you know, believers are depicted as reigning. Um, we talked about a little bit that now we're currently reigning. One right. day we will reign in a more true sense, a full sense. And that goes all the way back to Genesis. Like that's right. the initial job right. of human beings is to reign alongside God. And that uh, means like taking care of the world. It means like um, building things, um, filling the earth and subduing it, you know, ordering chaos, all that stuff. So like to think about, okay, how might I, uh, impart, you know, sharing God's reign and rule now on earth, um, in my day-to-day -day life, you know, like in my family, um, in, you know, in the space that I work in, um, how I take care of, you know, the outside, you know, all these things, yeah. like what does it, what does it look like to now begin this vocation that will continue on, you know, into eternity? Yep. Um, exciting stuff. I like your idea of where you went with that, that <clears throat> the idea of reigning puts a little bit of the authority back in our lap. Yeah. It's under Christ. It's yes. being right. in Christ. Yep, yep, yep. But at the same time, we are not pawns to sin and the enemy mm -hmm. and fingers crossed and hide under our beds and, mm -hmm. and hope we make it and, and hope I, I hit on this a lot yesterday, but I hope, I hope God can win this one. Mm -mm. I hope yeah. the devil doesn't win this time. It, it's not the, it's not the script. Mm -mm. We rule and reign with Christ. Yeah. You know, we do have the power and the strength to overcome sin. Yes. Uh, we also have the choice to give into it. Yes. So, un but understanding we can overcome sin. We are more than conquerors yes. through our Lord Jesus That's Christ. Right. Amen. And I, I, I think we've seen a lot of places where the church becomes weak and can get, can feel helpless mm. when it's I, I just hope I can make it and I hope God can can win. God. God does win. Yes, yeah, so, so it's like practically, like if someone's dealing with a besetting sin in their life, you know, yeah, and they're like no. they're treating themselves like I'm a victim of circumstances or a victim of like yeah. this um, this gripping thing or that. It's like no, ultimately you're saying like no, you have you have power over that. Yes. Like you um, you are reigning and victorious with Christ if you're a believer, right. and then like to to live into that authority. Mm -hmm. There's a constant theme in the New Testament is like yep. be who you are. Like you know, like live out the reality that is true about you in Christ. And so yeah, to resist the devil and he will flee and to stand up. Yeah, and I love with that. It's also where the strength of, of the body of Christ comes. Amen. In. Yeah, we're you not know, where, on our own. Where we encourage each other, mm -hmm. every joint supply. So every point of connection yeah. in the body, Scripture says that's that's really where our strength comes from. And when you think about the human body, that's where your lymph system is. Mm -hmm. That's where anything that's going to fight disease is kind of in those places where the joints are connected. Mm -hmm. We rule and reign. We overcome. We're stronger when we are connected. So yeah. I think the body of Christ is the encouragement to continue to mm -hmm. to do that too. Yeah. Last question in this section, how can we maintain hope and perseverance in light of these events described in this passage? Mm. Yeah, I think this has been a theme throughout the book of Revelation that uh, as we keep our eyes on the end, you know, mm -hmm. we keep our eyes on eternity and uh, recognizing that we have a taste of that now. We yeah. already have eternal life. Yes. We are already reigning with Christ. And yet there's a future, you know, deeper reality to that, um, that it enables us to go through difficult things. You know, Paul says um, that the the temporary sufferings that we have now are mm -hmm. nothing compared to what will await us in the new heavens and the new earth and resurrection life. And so, and that's a hard perspective to keep because yeah. um, it feels like so far off. It feels like so far away and, and life just has a way of, of clouding our vision. And, but uh, a book like revelation and all of scripture, you know, is designed to make us peel back the curtain and say, okay, what is really real is, you know, what I have in Christ. And, uh, and that gives us hope and enables us to, you know, to make it through each day. So it's almost like already, but not yet. Yeah, it's a little bit not of that. Already, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, by the way, if you missed the weekend message, watch Ryan, because it's really good. <laughs> I love what you did with the scoreboard piece. Yeah. Because you hold on to already, like we're, we're winning, mm. we've won, 
but not yet. Like the, right. the scoreboard is still there. I was at a, uh, a Packer game mm. um, a few years ago where our quarterback then was... <laughs> he who shall not be named. Who shall not be named. He's gone. Um, but he was like on the brink of the record for most touchdowns oh, by a quarterback. Yeah. And they were playing the Bears. And all of a sudden, they started cheap shotting him. Score was clearly decided. The, the game <laughs> yeah, yeah. was clearly decided. Yes. And they started cheap shotting him. Not because they thought they could win that way. The game yeah, was decided. Yeah, but yeah. because they were going to take out as many players. Hmm. If I'm going to yeah. lose, you're going to lose. Yeah. And I feel like that's what the enemy is up to now. Like, he's lost. It's clear that he's lost. But I'm going to cheap shot as many people as I can. Yeah. In this, That's why I love the term we said at the beginning of the series. Uh, Nancy Guthrie uses it in her book, Blessed, a lot, is patient endurance. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we have it now, but keep enduring till the end mm -hmm. when the other team is off the field completely. Amen. Amen. Watch Ryan's message. <laughs> You're so ridiculous. <laughs> All the PSAs. Okay, we have a question coming in from our congregation, mm -hmm. and... It does reference some of our study guides. So okay. if you're unfamiliar, we at mm. Spring Lake, we do offer study guides for each of the series, each of the sermons that we go through throughout this series. So you can find those on our website, springlakechurch.org backslash study slash guides. Mm -hmm. You can have them for every single thing we've done throughout Revelation. Mm -hmm. So this question is, it came up in her life group. Can you explain further how people can reign with Christ here on earth when we are sinful humans? Yeah. And so... Um, I think part of what needs to be clear is that just kind of what we were bantering about a little bit is that in the New Testament, there is uh, this idea of kind of the overlapping of the ages. So kind of sometimes people use this idea of this, you know, this is the old age and this is the new age. And um, all of us um, are already a part of the age to come while still being um, a part of the old age. I'm saying those of us who are, who are believers, right? So like if you are a Christian, um, you are already saved. Um, and yet still a sinner, you know, like you're declared innocent. Um, and that is the like future judgment that will be declared over you at the end of the age. So God's going to say innocent, but it's being declared on you now mm -hmm. in yeah. anticipation of what will be said about you, you know, in the future. So, um, we are already, uh, again, already saved, but still sinning, um, already, uh, you know, um, reigning with Christ and yet anticipating this, this, this reign in the future. So, um, I think what I guess I want to clarify though is um i'm saying this reigning with christ is like is uh in a spiritual sense or a heavenly sense that jesus is not currently embodied on the earth like he's present through his holy spirit uh, mm -hmm. on the earth right but we believe he's he's resurrected and he's reigning in in the heavenly realms whatever that dimension looks like you know that's above my pay grade mm -hmm. but that's what paul says we are reigning with him so that means that as you go about your day, you know, like you got your family and you got your job and all that sort of stuff. Um, you are already an anticipation of the kind of human being that will populate the earth for eternity. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of weird. You're, you're like yeah. a time traveler from the future, you know, and, and you're not like the, the completed version of that. Right. You're just kind of like, you're a trailer. You're, a you're a foretaste. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, each and every one of us are already partially, if we're, if you're a believer, the kind of human being that will reign and rule over the earth forever. And we do that imperfectly. Yeah. And we, you know, as the Holy spirit shapes and transforms us. Um, so that's why it can be true of us that we are both, you know, still, we got the flesh, we got the sinful nature and yet we have the Holy spirit within us, you know, and there's a battle that goes on within us. Like both of those things are true, you know, at the same time. Yeah. yeah I look at, so revelation is apocalyptic. Mm -hmm. I see myself as apocalyptic. So I take <laughs> most of what I read. Look at that. Ooh, I like Self term. That. Coined yeah. it. Coined that. Um, Copyright. I, yeah. <laughs> I take and I look at and I, and I and I do this in the messages too. I'm kind of like, what's the so what here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to that question and, and what we read in Revelation, that, that kind of already but not yet, yeah. is what direction is my life moving? Yeah. 
what do I look like today compared to yesterday? What do I look like yesterday compared to last year? Hmm. When I read mm -hmm. Paul talk about dying to himself daily and crucifying the flesh, yep. yeah, I, I'm a sinner. I'll be the first to say, I, yep. you know, I've, I've been, I, I sin. But my identity is in Christ, not in being a sinner. That's right. So when I look at the things that I've done that are sin, by the way, just to define sinning as an old English archery term, meaning miss the mark. It's why I miss the mark of what God's intention is, what God's you know, call is to my life. Yep. Yep. Where I've sinned, my identity doesn't go back to, oh, I'm more sinner than saint. Yeah. I'm more sinner than follower of Jesus. We are saints in Christ is what scripture says. One of our passages this week talked about that. So yeah, it's not a yeah. sliding scale. You know, like, oh, this week I'm more sinner than saint. Next week, next week I'll be more saint than sinner. <laughs> uh -uh. It's, it's, it is, I am in Christ. Yeah. Therefore, I am constantly, and what you were talking about, I'm moving toward what that future is yeah. going to look like. Yeah. I, I want to know in a practical sense that, like Paul said, I'm dying to myself daily. Do yeah. I get that right every time? No, but my identity is in Christ, not in being a sinner. That's right. So that's, I, I, I really try and, and hone in on that. When I look at, call of God on my life, not, not as pastor, but like as a light on this, in the city and on this planet, it's because I'm, I'm a pr priest. Like we talked mm -hmm. about this week. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm one who represents God to people. I'm one who has hopefully been in his presence in times of yeah. prayer and scripture. I don't go there because I'm a sinner. Yes. I need the presence yes, of God yes, in my yes, life. Yes, yes, I yes. do it because I'm his. Mm. So I'm, I'm in Christ first moving toward what we're reading in Revelation and seeing sin and darkness destroyed in my life. That, that for me is kind of like that practical application of how I can keep moving forward. In yeah, it. love it. To wrap things up, Ryan, I know that there were some things that you had alluded to from your sermon that you yeah. wanted to take some time to talk about yes. now. Feel free. Yeah, so in, in my message, I tried to lay out um, both of the kind of major options to think about the millennium or that thousand years. And and millennium just means a thousand years. Mille and, and anum are, are Latin for thousand and years. And so um, there are uh, ma two major camps, the pre-millennial camp and the amillennial camp. And what I found was fascinating in digging into this is... Um, very quickly after the Bible was completed, after the New Testament was completed, Christians were already disagreeing about this. So Justin Martyr, who's writing in like 155 to 170s-ish kind of range, um, he already says like, hey, he believes that it's a literal, physical, earthly reign in between Jesus' second coming and the final judgment. But he says in his writing that uh, there are a bunch of Christians who who think it's a heavenly reign. So there's already disagreement there. And then what happened is I would say that that literal earthly reign was really popular for the first like 400 years of church history until a guy named Augustine shows up in the like 400s, 500s kind of range. And then he says, no, this is clearly a uh, heavenly reign. That's the position he takes. And that's like the dominant view from like 500, 400, 500, all the way up until like the 16th century, time of, time of the reformers and that sort of thing. And the reformers didn't like take a hard stance like Calvin, Luther, um, people try and claim them for their side. You yeah. know, every, everyone yeah. tries to claim them. Yeah. Um, and then what happens is like uh, for a while, you've got a lot of amillennial folks. And then like coming up into the eight, 18th, 19th century, um, the view becomes really popular with what's called post-millennialism, yeah. which is the idea that like the world is just going to become more and more and more Christianized and we're going to have a paradise here on earth and then Jesus will return. And that was like, that drove just tons of missionary endeavors, yeah. Yeah. like the most missionaries sent out, you know, in, in all of history um, in the 19th century. And that was kind of where a lot of people like Jonathan Edwards were that that's how they interpreted it. 
until the world wars happened. <laughs> and then everyone was like, oh, I guess things are not getting better and better and better. They're getting worse and worse and worse. And so I just wanted to show that like people have disagreed on these things yeah. throughout church history. There's freedom um, to yep. disagree and still maintain fellowship and unity in the gospel. Um, and and wherever people come down on these issues, you know, we ultimately, we join hands as brothers and sisters in Christ and, um, and sharing the gospel and, and making disciples. So, yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, Jack? Nope. I'm good. <laughs> Great. Follow, one more question. Kay. Did anyone, did you guys figure out what the name of this an, the angel was? From Clarence. Clarence. Yes, Clarence. Okay. There you go. Was there. Sure had yes. that That's circle. perfect. <laughs> I was going to say Constance, but you got it. Clarence. Clarence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, perfect. Well, thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> Clarence has the keys. <laughs> yes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. We're going to wrap it up. Great, great. <laughs> then we can keep laughing. Okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us for this week's episode of The Follow-Up. We will be back next week as we recap the rest of Revelation chapter 20. Bye. <laughs>